The internet has really made our world a lot smaller, and made it so we can connect a lot easier. When I was considering a brewery to talk to for this Halloween-themed episode of the podcast, and came across a brewery named Zombie Cat, I was thrilled. The only problem was the brewery was in Argentina, but why should that stop me? I fired off an email in hopes that they might speak English, since part of the name of their brewery was in English. They did respond, and it turns out that they can read and write English, but couldn't speak it very well. Not ideal for a podcast interview, but again, I'm not letting that stop me. I came up with an idea. I conducted the interview through email, and then used voice AI to generate audio of their responses. It came out pretty good. We are also blessed to have the creeps of Pitch Black Manor supply us again with special music for this episode. I'm Andy Erickson, and on this Halloween-themed, AI-assisted episode of Thirsty to Explore, I'm chatting with Emmanuel from Cerveza Zombie Cat in Villa Ballester, a suburb of Buenos Aires, Argentina. We discuss the Argentine beer culture, horror movies, cat poop, beer importing, and surviving a zombie apocalypse. Thank you for being part of the podcast. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do for the brewery? Hello, Andy. My name is Emmanuel, and I'm the brewmaster of Cerveza Zombie Cat. And currently, I design the recipes, and I'm in charge of production. Can you tell us about Zombie Cat and tell us a history of the brewery? The brewery started in 2017. We were a group of four friends, Lucas, Emiliano, Gabriel, and I who knew each other from getting together to drink beer in another bar in the area. Previously, we would produce 20 liters of beer at home to share with friends and family, and then, at one point, we decided to join forces and make the leap to a commercial level. So we rented a warehouse, bought the brew house and the first two fermenters, and started cooking under the name Zombie Cat. The idea from the beginning was always to use the brew pub format. That means all the production is sold directly at the factory bar. But when we started brewing, we sold to other bars to make the brand known. Little by little, we were able to build the bar and become strong in the neighborhood. We currently produce between 4,000 and 5,000 liters per month, which we sell almost entirely in the bar. We have 16 taps of draft beer, and we also have cans available to take away or consume here. Our brew house produces a final 550 liters, but we always double cook to fill 1100 liters fermenters. Being that English isn't your first language, why are the words zombie cat in the name of the brewery in English? Also, why are you called zombie cat? It is something quite common here that the names of the projects are in English, and we also liked how it sounds. We use the name because we like cats, and also the genre of horror movies and zombies. In addition, it seemed to us that a lot of work could be done with the graphics and the image of the brand by mixing the theme of cats and zombies. An anecdote is that when we rented the warehouse, the first time we entered, we saw cat poop everywhere, and I can assure you that there was a lot. We also found it amusing to take that as a cue regarding cats. Are there any cats at the brewery? Yeah. We have a cat called Phoenix, who is four years old. She is very affectionate and always walks between the tables of the bar, asking for caresses from the clients. 
The people who always come to the bar already know her and take photos with Phoenix to upload them to Instagram. If you go to our profile, you will surely be able to see a photo of Phoenix, our beautiful kitten. What are your favorite horror movies? Anything out of Argentina you'd recommend for the American audience? I think that as a horror classic, I always liked The Exorcist Saga. It is a classic of the genre and one of the first horror movies I saw in my life. Another movie that I really liked was the first Blair Witch Project. The scene of the children's hands hitting the tent is amazing. I would also like to highlight The Conjuring Saga. It has truly terrifying moments. Oh, and I also really liked the first three The Saw movies. Then I think it became too commercial and stopped interesting me. Argentine cinema doesn't have many horror movies, but I think if I had to recommend one for the North American audience, it would be Plaga Zombie. It's about two men trying to survive in a world overrun by zombies, but it has several parts of dark humor and some gore. An interesting mix. This podcast is not only about beer and breweries, but also about travel. You are in Villa Ballester, Buenos Aires. Can you tell us about the area? Villa Ballester is a quiet neighborhood in the suburbs. We are approximately 20 kilometers from the center of Buenos Aires, more specifically in the general San Martin district. Several years ago, the neighborhood had a large presence of German immigrants. Currently, their children and grandchildren are still present. This makes our German styles such as Kolsch, Festbier, Hefeweizen, Dunkelweizen, particularly well-received. Our brewery is located four blocks from the neighborhood shopping center. If someone was to make a trip to visit your brewery, what else could they do if they were to stay a couple days? My recommendation would be to stay in the center of Buenos Aires in neighborhoods like Recoleta, Palermo, Belgrano, or Colegiales. You could spend a day coming to meet us, try some of our beers, and maybe also visit another brewery in the area. We have several colleagues with beautiful breweries nearby. Then I would recommend that you visit other tourist places in Buenos Aires, such as the Museum of Fine Arts, the Recoleta Cemetery, the Puerto Madero area, the Colon Theater, the Japanese Garden, the Barolo Palace, among others. Buenos Aires has many beautiful things to visit and learn about, as well as trying the local gastronomy, of course. What are some of your neighboring breweries? In our neighborhood specifically, we do not have other breweries on a commercial level currently, but a very few kilometers from our place, you can find Cerveza Moore. They make excellent beers, especially the hoppy ones. There are also the guys from Jugueres Perdidos, one of the best breweries in Argentina, winners of a gold medal in the World Beer Cup in the category of experimental barrel and aged beers. You can visit the brew pub, see the factory and taste the beers directly there. We also have the people from Cerveza Jabalina nearby, some great friends of ours who also won a bronze medal in the last edition of the World Beer Cup. They are specialists in sour and hoppy beers. Right now, we are finalizing details with them to make a collaborative beer. We hope to have news soon. I just started a way for everyone to help the podcast. If you enjoy Thirsty to Explore, please go to our page on coffee.com and there you can buy me a drink. 
By doing so, you can help us get to visit new breweries and make new friends who we might feature on a future episode of the podcast. Visit ko-fi.com slash thirsty2explore or thirsty2explore.com and look for the buy us a drink button. How would you compare the craft beer culture of Argentina to other craft beer cultures of the world? What are some popular beer styles? I think our beer culture is very young compared to American or European cultures, for example. It is not without the fact that every time we develop better top-level craft beers, for example, the awards won by two Argentine breweries in the last World Beer Cup demonstrate this. I think we are in the stage of developing and improving technologies in the craft beer industry. There are more and more factories opening their own bars, more training and courses, and more local beer competitions. All this helps the advancement and development of the beer culture at the country level. Regarding beers, I think that five years ago the most popular styles were without a doubt the Hoppy American IPA and all its substyles. Currently, I believe that the consumers are trying new lagers and sour styles that they did not know before. It is our responsibility as brewers to teach and educate the consumer to try other styles and variants. That's the beauty of craft beer culture. What imported beers can you get in your area? Are you able to get any of the smaller craft breweries from North America or Europe? What a great question this is. I'm going to tell you a little so that the audience knows more about our country. Argentina has had economic problems for several years that increase year after year due to very poor political management and very high public spending at the expense of the national state. In other words, more is spent than is produced. This causes more and more inflation and less purchasing power. Because of this, the current national government has blocked many imports since there are no dollars to cover these expenses, which is why here it is very difficult to get beers from other countries unless you have a friend who travels to Europe or the United States and can bring some in your suitcase. Sometimes some importers can manage to bring in some beers from outside, but they are usually quite expensive here and not everyone can afford the price of them. Some brands that are usually available are mostly beers from Europe, such as Delirium Tremens, Westmala, Chimai, Fuller's, Three Fontainen, Cascade Brewing, Fantome, Durank, Guden Carolus, Oud Biersel, Lambiek Fabriek. Sometimes you can also get some from the U.S., such as Sierra Nevada, Evil Twin, Firestone Ballast Point, but they are usually very few units and they sell out very quickly. It's a shame that you can't try more beers from other countries because personally I think it helps the brewer a lot when he's starting to make beers to be able to try world examples of those styles. Well, what is your favorite imported beer? What a difficult choice. I don't think I have just one favorite beer, but if I had to choose just one, I think I would choose Cantillon's Eau de Guse. I was lucky enough to be able to travel to Europe a few years ago and visit several Belgian breweries such as Cantillon, St. Bernardus, West Vletteren, Westmal, Delirium, Het Anker, among others, and try all their delights. 
I also know some breweries in London, Manchester and Liverpool, the best real ales of course, and also some breweries in Prague, Vienna and Salzburg. In the latter city, I think I fell in love with Augustiner Brau. When the economic situation in our country normalizes a little, I want to take a beer trip through the U.S. to try the best hoppy beers. I am a big fan of New England IPAs. And I would also like to know about the German brewing school, lagers, wheat beers, and more lagers. Do you serve any food at the brewery? Yes, we have food to accompany the beers. About a year ago, we were able to finish setting up the kitchen, and now we have three people working in the kitchen. Currently, you can try different varieties of pizzas, empanadas, and meat, chicken, and pork sandwiches. We also usually do pop-ups with other colleagues who come to cook at our place. For example, the guys from Burger Ground, who make the best burgers I've ever tried. If you had to pair up one of your beers with an Argentine food, what would it be? Give us an explanation of the food to those who might not know what it is. At the bar, we have a Milanesa sandwich with lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise that pairs very well with our American IPA. The bitterness and alcohol of the beer rinses the mouth and palate, removing the fat from the meat and preparing it for a new bite. If you don't know about the Milanesa sandwich, I can tell you that it is thinly sliced beef which is mixed with egg and breadcrumbs to bread it. Then it is fried in sunflower oil and served between breads. Usually lettuce and tomato are added as we do, but it can also be served with ham, cheese, peppers, or a fried egg. It is very delicious and is usually available throughout the country. If you come to Argentina, you definitely have to try it. Do you have any bands or musicians perform at the brewery? Every Friday, we have DJs who come to provide music for the night. Some play hip-hop, others reggae, and others electronic music. It's very good because there is always something new in people like that, and a nice atmosphere is created between the beer, the music, and the friends who visit us. Now we want to bring bands to play live at the brewery. I personally am a keyboardist and have played in bands for more than 10 years, so I really like music, mostly rock and jazz, and I think it brings a cultural identity to the place that is great. Now, if a zombie apocalypse happened, how secure do you think your brewery would be for people to survive? It might be a good place to survive a zombie apocalypse. We have a large metal blind in the front of the brewery, about 6 meters wide and 5 meters high. It is very robust and heavy. It occurs to me that people could come in and survive on beer for a few weeks. The problem would be once the beer runs out. Would we try to eat each other due to the lack of alcohol? For now, I hope that a zombie apocalypse doesn't happen so I can continue enjoying this wonderful world of making beer. Is there anything else you want people to know about Zombie Cat? We would love for people who come to Buenos Aires to visit us and get to know our beers. We are always focused on giving customers the best possible high-quality product. You can go to our profile on Instagram at cerveza.zombiecat to see photos and videos of the place. You can also write to us at cervezazombiecat at gmail.com for any questions. We are waiting for you. And to finish, I want to thank Andy for giving us a place on the podcast. We hope to have you here soon to have some delicious beers together. Oh, oh, oh.
Thank you, Emmanuel, for telling us about Cerveza Zombicat. I'll work on getting down there to visit you. If you enjoy Thirsty to Explore, please be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming service and rate and comment. This is a great way to stay up to date when new episodes drop and to help others learn about it as well. I'll also ask you to support Pitch Black Manor by going to pitchblackmanor.com and check out their music. Our Halloween episodes just wouldn't feel right without their help. The Thirsty to Explore podcast is part of brewerism.com, where you can search a database of over 11,000 breweries worldwide to help you find your next brewery destination with information submitted by users who have visited before you to help you plan your trip. Thirsty to Explore is hosted, written, and produced by me, Andy Erickson. If you have any questions, please email me at podcast at thirstytoexplore.com or visit thirstytoexplore.com for more information about the podcast and links to social media accounts as well as links to brewerism. Until the next episode, please remember to travel frequently, drink responsibly, and love generously. Thank you for spending time with us.